to the Kinda Okay Feelcast, where we talk about things that don't feel okay in hopes of making them feel more okay. It's Sarah, here again, creator of It's Kinda Okay Comics and the Grown Pain Scene, an independent publication featuring incredible women and non-binary creators. here today with <laughs> a moment of peace. How bizarre, how weird to be experiencing in lately what has felt like a whirlwind of chaos. Um, and I had an interview scheduled for today and it got moved to next week, which happens sometimes and that's fine. And I'm a flexible human, so it's good. And it allowed me this moment where there's no one in the house because I set that up for the for the interview and yeah, it's allowed me this moment to really check in with myself, to check in with you. It's been a while since I did an episode that's all about me. The last time that I tried to record an episode that was just me talking, you know, something happened and I got interrupted and then I lost the flow and then I was like, oh, I'll just do it later. And then I never did it. And so it's really nice to find myself with this time right now. Um, so that's kind of okay <laughs> for me today. Um, I haven't done like a hugely planned episode. It's just going to be me oversharing again, uh, which hasn't happened in a little while. So sometimes it's nice to go back to the roots of where the podcast started, which was just me talking about my own experiences, realizations, etc. And yeah, so hopefully that feels good for you today, or at least kind of okay. What have I been going through lately? There's been a lot of realizations about myself and about how I carry myself through this space. Uh, I've had some very interesting conversations with my partner, conversations with friends. (laughs) And I'm a communicative person. That's how I learn. That's how I process. Uh, That's how I exist in this funny, funny world space. Um... I'll start with the thought that I had yesterday, uh, the mantra that I came up with on my dog walk yesterday morning, and just some thoughts that kind of flowed through all of that. So the mantra that I kind of got stuck on thinking and then repeating to myself out loud as I was walking was... Let hatred turn to compassion for others who do not yet know compassion for others. (laughs) Every day I think that we encounter people who are so enveloped in their own world that they cannot see how their existence impacts others. And... Becoming a considerate human takes time, takes practice, takes 
empathy. And some people are babies. And we're babies sometimes. Sometimes we go back to the beginner stage and we lose all sight of everything we've learned and we get so caught up in our own existence, our own being, that we can't see see what's going on in the world around us um, and have awareness of the needs of other people. And that's okay. And we need to have compassion for ourselves in those moments, but also compassion for others who are just learning. They're just figuring it out. And so... Hatred is never a productive emotion. But sitting sitting with hatred for others, sitting with unpleasant feelings, sitting with that, there's, you know, we talk a little bit, uh, me and my partner, about, um, you know, the Buddhist philosophy. When you're given an obstacle, when you are gifted, an obstacle, a problem, something to overcome. And it is a gift because it's a way of practicing all of the lessons that you've accumulated, of practicing patience, of practicing compassion and empathy. And so you're given these problems and even communication, practicing communication. Oh, that's a big one. It's a really, I find I find confrontation makes me want to throw up. <laughs> it um, it's very difficult for me. It's I. That's why I, it's only been in the last year that I've discovered boundaries. I'm usually a people pleaser. I say yes to everything. I'll try and figure out how to make it work. I hate being the one to say like, you know actually that really bothers me or anything, anything in that kind of scope. Um, and I'm getting better. I'm getting better, but it takes time and it takes practice. And it's, it's difficult to see every opportunity as a, uh, as a gift <laughs> and not a frustration, but you know, we live and we learn and we, we practice. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's all, that's all a lot of big thought. That's, <laughs> we're jumping into, I'm even jumping into the deep end with myself. So what was the other thought? The other thought that I was having, and I've started doing this on my dog walks is, um, you know, we can look at a lot of cultures that, uh, value hair as an external form of energy, Right. Um, touching of the hair is sacred, covering the hair, seeing the hair, all of those things, very sacred. My mom, bless her, let me start dyeing my hair when I was 11 years old. And it's very interesting and only something I've kind of started to reflect on now because that kind of enabled this idea that like, my hair maybe had a lot to do with my identity that I didn't realize, but also that it wasn't, it, it didn't have any sacredness. You could dye it, you could cut it, you could, whatever, who cares? It's hair. It doesn't matter. Um, and what I've only just started to realize lately is that 
that has a very big impact on how I see myself take care of myself. So let's put it in the, the thought that I was having. So <laughs> on my dog walks, I have been making sure that I take my hat off for at least five to 10 minutes so that my head chakra, my hair, you know, my, the top of my head is exposed to the forest and therefore can be in connection with all of the energies that exist in the forest. And it seems like a, you know, just a, a nice practice to do a little bit of mindfulness of just, and it's quite nice. It feels good even when the air is fresh, um, to, yeah, have a clear head in the woods. And I was just thinking that I used to be the person, and I still, still sometimes am, I used to be the person who, yeah, didn't care, cut the hair, it'll grow back, bleach it four times in one night, it doesn't matter, and had had it every color of the rainbow, and not that this is everybody's story, but in, in my personal experience, every time that I felt uncomfortable in my body, uncomfortable in my personality, needed some form of quick transformation in my life, I would cut my hair, I would dye my hair, I would assume this new personality in my brain because I looked different in the mirror. Um, And so it's really interesting to break that down now. I went back to my natural hair color. Um, I still, some of you will know that last week I I deliberated shaving the entire sides off. Um, (laughs) And so I still get this... unrestfulness um that feels easiest to combat by a quick change in appearance so yeah when I start feeling that discomfort I'm like oh I can just like easily remove that discomfort by changing something but for a lot of you who know me as well you'll know that in literally the last six months um I've become very passionate about hair care um, about what products I'm putting on my hair. If like, I do not towel dry it anymore. All of these things (laughs) being really kind to my hair. Finally started a proper skincare routine, 28 years old, took me a really long time to figure out. And it's become something that's really important to me. And I realized that our hair is an extension of our energy. Our skin is the... Like, our physical form is an extension of our energy, and therefore taking care of it, whether that's exercise, eating right, putting good things into it, putting good things on it, all of these things are what take care of this corporeal form, and it's important, and it's good, and it's, and hydrate, and that is a form of self-love for me. (laughs) and it's this protection of energy it's this awareness of energy it's feeling more myself loving more myself and so not being as destructive in my self habits which is just an interesting reflection to be having self-love is a really funny thing you know um a couple weeks ago we went camping with some friends on salt spring island and I always, 
I think it's after living in England I always get a little bit nervous driving on roads where I haven't been before. Um, and being by and, and being by myself and you know, like just just a lot of things have contributed to a little bit of anxiety uh, when it comes to new experiences in general, maybe. Um, anyway, so we went over to Salt Spring Island. And it was me and the dog in the car. My partner, Tom, he cycled. And he was going to cycle from one side of the island to the other side. And we got to the campsite and I, I just, it didn't even occur to me that it wasn't car camping. So we didn't have anything packed into bags and like ready to kind of like carry down to a campsite. I just assumed that our car would be right where our tent was. And so I had to do this really funny. It's just so funny to me now because I went through all of this emotional turmoil of being like, oh, Tom, like he didn't look it up. He didn't tell me blah, blah, blah. Like I would have done things differently, blah, blah, blah. And getting very frustrated and uh, agitated and, you know, and then a little flustered and trying to get tarps in the tent and everything in the backpack. and But it was really interesting in that moment because it's, I haven't been solo camping yet. I've been meaning to for a long time. And so this was a nice little baby, little baby test, you know. Um, but there was no one there judging me. There was no one there rushing me. There was no one there making decisions for me or telling me what they thought was best. And so that was very interesting in, you know, trying to juggle camping gear and the dog and just a change in expectations. I struggle a lot with a change in expectations. I have a very clear idea in my head of what things are going to look like. And when they don't look like that, I get very flustered very quickly. Um, and so this was a really good exercise in that I didn't have a way of sharing that externally. So I had to go through, move through it internally. And that meant that I came to a place where I was like, oh, well, it's not Tom's fault that he didn't know. I also didn't know. Um, and neither of us looked it up. And how how could he have known that I would have been put in this position? It's very easy to blame others when we're frustrated. And actually, Tom not being there, be, being cycling while I was doing all of this and setting up the tent and, and all of this, um, allowed me to move through all of these frustrations in my own head. And I talk a lot about sharing about honesty I think that honesty and authentic communication is very, very important. But it's not always important immediately <laughs> when, the emo when you're still going through it, when the emotions are still there. Because I can, I can very clearly see if Tom had been there, I would have been possibly outwardly blamey and... Um, wouldn't have, wouldn't have found this independence of like, yeah, like I can pack tarps and the tent down, I can set it up, I can, you know, start getting everything ready. Um, yeah. So I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say really is that sometimes it's worth going through 
your emotions in your head and seeing if you can catch yourself and rationalize your thoughts and and figure out if they're true. Um, This might not be valid is something... (laughs) Something that's really coming up lately, uh, I am an absolute nightmare on the first two days of my cycle because I'm an absolute bundle of emotions. I don't have any rational thought. This past cycle, my hot water bottle exploded at 11 p.m. when I was absolutely shutting down and (laughs) it did not go well. I had an absolute meltdown. It didn't make anyone around me feel good didn't make me feel good about myself and honoring that I need to listen to my emotions as I feel them boiling over like that and remove myself from the situation. I think that's something I'm really coming to understand. So just be like, I'm going to walk away. I'm going to come back to this when I have a clear brain and whether that's taking a walk. I, I used to smoke and so it was a very easy out Um, I could just go outside and give it 10 minutes and then come back inside. And, you know, that, that was never seen as like abandoning a situation. (laughs) That was just taking a break, which is fine. Fine if you smoke. How do we go about that as humans? (laughs) And communicating like, I just need a break right now. (laughs) And I'll come back to it with a clear, organized, rational brain, possibly, in 10 minutes. Um, so yeah, taking time. Taking time is uh, to move through things on our own, uh, independently. We're so quick to share, you know? Something negative happens, and our first thing that we do... I don't know. The first thing that I do, I'll speak for myself here. Uh, The first thing that I do is message a friend. Usually like him. (laughs) Immediately. (laughs) Um, And that's not always healthy. So I've been trying to catch myself uh, because... It gives life to these negative feelings that, to these femens that probably don't actually deserve it. So, yeah. And, and I mean, that comes into like, where do we spend our energy? Who and what are we spending our energy on? Not that energy is finite, because that's a lesson that I have, I will continue to relearn but that not everyone and everything deserves our energy. And we can tie this into the people-pleasing. We can tie this into saying no. Um, and to putting ourselves first. But there's something to be said for, yeah, being mindful about who we allow to take from us. Are people giving back to us? Are we receiving energy in return? Is there some sort of an energy exchange going on? And if there isn't, does that thing need cutting out? Hmm. I'm pretty mindful now of my social battery, but it still it still can be a difficult thing for me to acknowledge when I'm getting run down and maybe 
feeling like I want to continue to be part of whatever social event or social things are going on. Not that there's that many right now because of COVID, but um, (laughs) even still, like uh, Zoom calls when we go on social distance hikes, like things like that, it's just, you know, I, I need to be mindful of how much energy I have for certain things at certain times of the month. I'm getting very good at acknowledging it. Um, But it's still hard to not be a part of everything that's going on. And Tom and I talked a little bit this week about Stoke levels, how we communicate Stoke. And this is a really interesting one to me because we felt the exact same (laughs) that when we both bring ideas to the table, the other person meets that idea with resistance. And then we feel rejected, and we feel a little self-conscious and uncertain, and we scrap the whole plan, the whole idea. And so this is really interesting that we were both feeling the exact same way. Uh, (laughs) And so, okay, how do we communicate Stoke? Because you brought me an idea, and maybe I brought up things that I thought could be possible complications, but it didn't mean that I didn't like the idea. Or, you know, sometimes also just doing things because I'm feeling good, my body's feeling good, and I know that it's something that Tom has suggested five million times before. And so that ends up being the time where I'm like, yes, I could do that thing, like hiking the mountain behind our house for sunrise. I could do that now. Whereas when you asked me three days ago when I was bleeding. (laughs) I was like, absolutely not. No, thank you. And so how do we communicate what we're excited about? How do we get other people excited? How do we figure out where our energy goes in a positive way? How do we give energy to silly things? How do we be silly? I want to start being more silly. That is the goal of my year is to find fun again. Even in like normal, everyday things, find some fun. That's, yeah. It's not always easy. It sounds like the easiest thing in the world, but it's not. We get so bogged down by our problems. And my mom said something to me, or maybe she sent me a video, and it was like, your problems... Well, they're just situations. They're not, they're not how you are. When someone says how you are and you just like lead with all of your problems, it's like, well, they're just situations. They've got nothing to do with you. Are you okay? Are you healthy? Are you alive? So, I mean, we tend to attach ourselves to our problems. Our problems become our identity. We don't want people to solve our problems. Don't solve my problem. That is, you know, gonna make me question who I even, who the heck even am I as a person if I don't have my problems to worry about. Hmm. So yeah, so there's, there's been a lot of, (laughs) a lot of self-thinking, a lot of communication within my relationships, um, 
and a lot of recognizing my own abilities. This ties really nicely into the whole theme of self-love, self-acceptance, um, which is not, not necessarily putting people on pedestals. We tend to do this. I, I put Tom on a pedestal all the time. I assume that he is, you know, always going to be happy, always feeling stoked, always feeling silly. And I put him on this pedestal of fun and excitement and joy. And not that he doesn't feel that way sometimes, but that that pedestal that I've put him on isolates his ability to exist in, in, you know, in the way that I perceive him. Our brains just love to try to put people in boxes, you know, put people in boxes, put people on pedestals. When we went to our camping trip and people were putting up their tents and I, you know, they were already so far along, they were almost all set up with all their tarps and everything. And I was like, oh, geez, now I got to put up a tent by myself with a dog. I've never put up a tent on a platform before. Hadn't put up this particular tent by myself before. And I started getting nervous and I started being like, oh, everybody knows, everybody knows what they are doing and I do not. Limiting belief alert. Femen alert. And then one of my friends came over and asked me if I was doing okay. And I said, I don't know what knots to tie. And they said they just had to Google it. And I felt so much better having known that I had just assumed that everyone was on a pedestal, that everyone was a pro camper, knew exactly what they were doing, and that I was going to look foolish and silly and be embarrassed about my abilities. And so we put ourselves in our own little box like that. But what we don't practice, what I don't practice enough, is putting myself on a pedestal of knowing that I can figure things out, that I am capable, so much more capable than I give myself credit for in my head. This negative voice, this femen, has really convinced me in a lot of situations that I am not capable of coping, emotionally, physically, mentally. And that's a really interesting thing to... It's now been three years of making this comic, of giving this negative voice in my brain and identity of being able to talk to it, tell it no, recognize it when it comes up, when, when these inauthentic thoughts come up, telling me lies, telling me, you know, things that are not true. And it's still, it's still very hard when those thoughts to come up, to not spiral out and I am the worst. I am, ugh, I can't do this. And what, what freedom, <laughs> people who, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I've heard that people don't have these internal monologues. <laughs> I haven't met one yet. Yeah, what freedom to not have that constantly belittling voice in the back of your head. And so... We learn to acknowledge it, to dismiss it as not being valid, 
And that by putting ourselves in situations that are uncomfortable, we come become better at being uncomfortable, at trusting ourselves, at knowing that we are capable. And it's always, it's always kind of um, not made sense in my brain why people do excruciating physical challenges. But maybe that's why. And recognizing that we all deserve to be on pedestals. Except for, you know, evil, racist, transphobic, homophobic. (laughs) Some people, okay, some people don't deserve to be on pedestals. (laughs) But if you're a human listening to this podcast and you've made it this far, you're probably okay, I would say. Um, Let's hope that, (laughs) let's hope. And there's something about you, there's something about me that makes me be on someone else's pedestal, you know? Somebody else sees me in the same light that I view other people. And not that it's about what other people think of you, but it's about recognizing your own capabilities, your own strengths. And yeah, a certain level of self-love and self-acceptance. So yeah, so that's what I've been going through lately. Um, It's been a lot. Our car also decided to stop working. (laughs) So that's been fun to navigate. Yeah. But isn't life funny? Isn't it funny how things happen at certain times? And how... Things can all come together at times to to just be a little bit magical. We had one day of intense stress about the car. And then all of a sudden, all of these pieces started falling together. And we realized, yeah, we've been talking a lot lately about getting a camper van so that we got something big enough for our dog that is the size of a small human. And what a perfect opportunity the universe has given us, hey? To explore a different kind of adventure of how to adapt and what a beautiful community we have that has all come together to support us, check on us, um... Yeah, I'm just, I feel very grateful to be in the position that we are in, that even when stressful things come up, they don't have to stay stressful for long, because it's just a situation that needs to be coped with and handled. I hope, I hope, (laughs) I hope that you've liked listening to me ramble about this, that, and the other things. I hope I've made some semblance of sense. Uh, These are just all my own experiences and kind of uh, thought jumble that I'm just putting out on this feel cast because that's what we do here. We cast our feelings out into the world and maybe some aspect of it resonates with you. 
maybe it encourages some kind of thought that wouldn't have occurred otherwise. Maybe it inspires a conversation with someone else that might not have happened if you hadn't have listened to this episode. So I want to thank you for taking your time out of your day to check in. I am really hoping to connect the with you folks, with the listeners, with whoever is out there playing these episodes. I want to know how did you feel about this? What thoughts stuck out to you? Where are you listening from? I'd love to know because sometimes I see there's like 2% of people listening from the Netherlands or from, you know, all these different places. And I'd, I'd love to know where you're listening from. So if you haven't already, or even if you have, if you'd like to leave another one, uh, leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts is really, really helpful to this podcast, this little baby podcast that is trying to grow, to grow this community of feeling kind of okay, a little more okay, a lot less alone. So leaving a review is amazing. Recommending to a friend, send this episode to a friend, and then you guys can talk about it and tell each other how you feel. That would, that would just be the best thing I can imagine to come from this podcast, really. That's all I hope for is just that you talk to someone else about your feelings at some point and cast your feelings out into, into the universe and see how they are resonated back to you. So leave a review if you can. Uh, subscribe to this wherever you listen. You can like follow it on Spotify and things like that so that you don't miss um, new episodes. And then if you're feeling really keen and if you're in the position to, patreon.com forward slash kind of okay is how I manage to find time to do all of these things that I love to create art, to edit the zine, and I promise a new issue is coming soon of Growing Pains. And so Patreon is how all of that happens. Um, and I'm so thankful for all of the patrons there. Maybe I should do a little shout out next time. Ooh, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll do a shout out to all of the patrons. I think there's, there's about 30, 30 of you who support me, who have supported me for a while now. And I'm just so grateful to listeners, to people who follow me on Instagram at It's Kinda Okay, to the patrons, to, you know, anybody engaging with this content because I just want to keep spreading this idea of big love, this feeling that we are all in it together, supporting each other, making space, making space to be heard and taking care and loving ourselves. Isn't that, isn't that just the most, most wholesome thing you can ever imagine? (laughs) So yeah, thank you for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon. I hope that everyone's days has some little seed, little bean, little 
little bit of magic in it. And I hope that something is kind of okay for you today. Stay weird and wonderful. Until next time.